Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, featuring Trustmark Deposit Express, ATMs for business and personal banking. No deposit slips, no envelopes, no waiting. Most deposits made by 9 p.m. weekdays credited that day. Details at Trustmark.com, member FDIC. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Friday, May 5th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, we'll hear from the owner of the South Mississippi Funeral Home under fire for allegedly denying service to a gay couple. My employees and I have had call after call of people cursing us, saying very vulgar things to us. Find out first impressions from Mississippi religious leaders on the president's executive order to allow religious organizations to become more politically active. And it's signing day in Mississippi, but it has nothing to do with sports. How your Mississippi student could win big in a scholarship competition on social media. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The owners and staff of the Picayune Funeral Home say life has changed drastically since news of a lawsuit hit the media. Attorneys for widower Jack Zogaski are suing for allegedly refusing to provide services for a deceased man, Robert Husky, who was gay. Attorneys from a national civil rights organization have taken the case on behalf of the surviving spouse, drawing national attention. Attorney Silas McCarran represents funeral homeowners Ted and Henrietta Brewer. He tells us his client denies the accusation. It's my customary practice never to comment to the media on pending litigation. However, since the plaintiffs and their attorneys have apparently seen fit to try the case in the court of public opinion and not in court of law based on the evidence and the law, I'm compelled to uh, comment Let's my silence be interpreted as an agreement with what is being reported. This is not a civil rights case or a discrimination case. It is a case that is based on Mississippi tort and contract law. Ms. Brewer denies that she ever spoke the words, deal with their kind, to anyone, including anyone at the nursing home where the plaintiff's decedent, Bob Husky, passed away. Picayune Funeral Home has never refused to provide funeral services based on sexual orientation and did not refuse to provide services to this family. The controversial case has also drawn negative attention for the funeral home. Owner Henrietta Brewer tells MPB's Ezra Wall how her life has changed since the story came out. It has been absolutely horrible. My employees and I have had call after call of people cursing us, uh, saying very vulgar, derogatory things to us. They started out with uh, my administrative assistant who answers the phone telling her that they were going to kill her, burn her house down, kill all of her family, and uh, she has a a new 15-month-old baby. So she was left crying many times yesterday, and and they've been doing that to everybody told them to put all the costs through to me so that they didn't have to put up with that. And um, they did do that as much as they could, but some just start out talking and can't get them to put there. I have talked to some, and some have listened to me, um, 
and and said I ho- they hoped that what I was saying was true, but most of them did not. They're believing what the mainstream media is telling them. You've been trying to express to those people who are more ready to listen a little bit different story than has been portrayed in the media. What is it that you tell them isn't true? I told them that we have handled several gay families in the past. We've owned the funeral home for 11 years. The funeral home has been here since 1976, so it's an established funeral home. And for the past 11 years, we've had several gay families who have all been very nice and very, and we, you know, we've had a very good relationship with them. And that's what I tell them. But some don't even let you get that out. Some don't let us say anything. They just want to be horrible. But for our wonderful state of Mississippi, most of them are from out of state. And uh, I've even had some from Sweden and some calling them the European Coalition and London, England, and just all. Some we just have no idea where they're calling from. It does not state anywhere in the complaint that we are Christians, but they have been cussing us, cussing God, and, and the threatening became to a point that I did call in the police. If anything looks out of the ordinary, then we ought to call them immediately because so, they have threatened our lives. Obviously, to a certain extent, you, you need to take every threat seriously. Do, but most of these calls being from out of state, do you feel like... Do you feel like uh, people are are just angry and and venting toward you, or do you feel like you're in in real physical danger? Both. You know, some I think are just venting, but some I think there's physical danger. I did talk to one person on Tuesday afternoon who was just speaking horrible to my assistant, and that um, he would talk to me, and he did listen to me. And he said, I hope what you're saying is true. And he said, I will hold off because I had planned on coming. I had been um, renting a, a bus and taking 100 people in which I'm paying their way for them to come down and protest. But he said, I will hold off unless I feel like that you're not telling me the truth. And I, I just told him to wait. And when we had our day in court, he would, you know, he would see that I'm telling the truth. Today... We had a, another one who had been also responding to our website, and because we had to put on there to check before anything went on that we had to do approval, we, we caught several things. They were going on our obituaries uh, where people could post online condolences and saying, Terrible things to these families. So they and, were um, they were trolling the families of of other deceased people who are in the grieving process. That's correct. Prior to this, have have you been accused of any kind of discrimination in the past? No, and in fact, um, we had you know prearrangements, and there were two gay men that we had done the spouse to one of them, and then he came in and did his self. He came in today, and he talked with the guy that, that made the arrangements, and he said, okay, I don't believe you do this, but I've got to find out. My friend is afraid we've got this cremation, and then you're not going to do them because they're saying they had a prepaid funeral, and you didn't do it. And um, my director said to him, we did not do this. You can trust us. Your money is in there. But he also said to him, 
when we sat down with the paperwork and we started the cremation, what is the first thing I asked him? And he said, who is the legal next of kin? And he said, that is part of the problem. I, that's when we find out whether they're gay or not. And he said, now, did I treat you any different? He said, no. He said, you treated me wonderful. And he said, at any time, did you feel like I treated you differently throughout any of the funerals or anything? He said, no, you've been wonderful. And he said, that's the way we are with all gay people. And he said, that's good enough for me. And we trust you. And um, I am grateful for them because we've had wonderful gay families, wonderful gay families in, in the past. And if I had only known gay people from all this that I've experienced in the last few days, I would have had the wrong idea. And I'm so grateful that we've had all these gay people prior because what's happened to us has been bad. Henrietta Brewer is uh, the owner of and operator of Picune Funeral Home along with her husband, Ted. Mrs. Brewer, thank you very much for sharing your perspective with us today. Thank you so much for telling our story and and, and getting the truth out. We appreciate that more than you know. The case will be heard in the Circuit Court of Pearl River County. Coming up, Mississippi religious leaders discuss their mixed emotions about the president's latest executive order. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Informative MPB news stories, the local shows you love, up-to-date severe weather info, and the state and worldwide reach telling the story of Mississippi. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. Fixing our biases about the business of fake news. These are not the uneducated people that I think many people assume are the consumers of fake news. Fake news isn't a problem just for liberals or conservatives. It's a problem for everyone. That's next time on The Takeaway from WNYC and PRI, Public Radio International. Tomorrow at 2 on MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippi religious leaders and political analysts are still processing the effects of the executive order President Donald Trump signed on Thursday. The order directs the Internal Revenue Service not to take adverse action against tax-exempt faith-based organizations that participate in political activity. This could allow churches and other organizations more latitude, just short of endorsing a candidate for office without losing tax-exempt status. The order also allows private employers to use religion to deny reproductive health care to their employees. Glenn Antizzo is associate professor of political science at Mississippi College. He tells MPB's Desiree Frazier the pros and cons of the order. I figured that it would probably be, uh, you know, something that he would do eventually. It's, um, I, I'm a little surprised that it came in the form of an executive order rather than an act of Congress. But at least it, uh, it, it's uh, a fulfillment of a promise that he made to be more responsive to, uh, uh, you know, religious-based organizations. Do you think it's going to be received well overall? 
already some liberal organizations, uh, for example, the uh, ACLU, have made noise about um, going uh, to litigate this. Uh, so this will be another uh, litigation battle that the administration is probably going to have, and I have a feeling this will probably be something that makes it up to the Supreme Court. And looking at the executive order, it's kind of vague. It is kind of vague. I think that they were thinking that by making it vague, that that would actually make it easier for it to pass muster because you would not be able to attack it on specific points. Because this is, again, an executive order that has to do with executive agencies within the, uh, within the federal government. In other words, the, the part of the federal government that the president has direct control over. Is this more or less directed towards the IRS then? I th- yeah, clearly. Yes, clearly I think it's directed at the IRS. And I think a lot of this probably arises from uh, some of the controversy over the last couple of years where, for example, conservative organizations were targeted for approval of or denial of their tax-exempt status. But uh, one of the things the president needs to be aware of is that when you say religious organizations, you know, even though the majority of people in this country are either you know, Christians or Jews, that it applies to everybody. And so it may have some consequences that he and his uh, backers on this may not have originally anticipated. And what would be an example of that? For example, a, a perhaps uh, a, an atheist organization might be able to come out more and sort of get protection. Or Satanists. I hate to go out on those kind of extremes, but there are, there are groups like that. In your estimation, is this good governance? It's sort of a mixed bag. I prefer generally this kind of stuff being done through normal statutory law, but I think that the president was a little worried that he would not be able to get this through. Not that he wouldn't be able to get it through the House, but as you may recall, the Senate still has a filibuster for legislative issues, and I'm not sure what would have probably passed the House. I doubted that it would have probably passed the Senate. And so the president is probably looking to do this um, in order to fulfill a promise. I understand where he's going with this. You want the churches to be able to speak out on issues that are to them of significant importance, and you certainly do not want to see groups penalized for basically, you know, exercising a degree of control over how they conduct their practices. And I think being pro-life and being opposed to abortion, those are strict uh, matter-of-faith teachings of the Catholic Church that Catholics are not allowed to publicly disagree with. I think that, that he will get some support, I think, from at least Catholics on this, because those protections will be seen as upholding, like I said, tr- church doctrine. We appreciate you providing some insight on this. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. And and, uh, if I can be of any further service, please let me know. Glenn Antizzo with our Desiree Frazier. Some Mississippi religious leaders say they have mixed feelings about the order. Ronnie Crudup Sr. is senior pastor of New Horizon Church International in Jackson. He tells MPB's Desiree Frazier he is politically active. I have mixed feelings about it. I understand that there are people who would like to uh, endorse candidates without any restrictions. And I am one that certainly is very politically active. But I do have some mixed feelings about uh, this particular issue. Uh, Of course, my entire 40 years in ministry, I've fairly much observed uh, these restrictions. And now to say that they would be totally taken away by this, you know, I have concerns as to whether or not the 
as I understand the law, the RAS still has discretion as to who they would uh, go after and who they would not, uh, you know, have, have concerns about that. And then, you know, I think that the law puts a certain balance on, on religious groups uh, and so that you don't end up too far over into uh, the religious areas itself. Our church itself has taken stances uh, that certainly are political about issues that are, if you will, nonpartisan. But I have some concerns about the church itself moving farther over into the political realm. What is your concern about moving further over into the political realm? A lot of congregations follow their pastors, and I have a concern about pastors uh, carry their uh, congregations over into some issues that becomes a a, a really big distraction. Uh, um, People come to church to uh, hear the gospel, to be involved in in the religious activities that they think are very, very important. This area for me is a minefield that if not dealt with properly, I think can just become a terrible distraction uh, for for churches and religious groups. And and without uh, um, uh, proper barriers that people can be certain of, then I, I think it may end up doing more harm than good. Clarence Cooper is senior pastor of Brandon Baptist Church. He tells our Desiree Fraser he does not support the order. I have mixed feelings on that, to be honest with you. I think they ought to have a voice, but I'm just totally against getting the political arena in the church arena. Does your congregation support candidates? Do you encourage them to support candidates? I encourage them to vote and support candidates, but do not call any names. The executive order also enables private employers to use religion as a reason not to provide birth control. Your thoughts? Uh, Yes, I would be in favor of that. How do you feel overall about this executive order? What does it mean to you? I think the church ought to get its tax-free exemption and status, but uh, I'm not real sure if you're in a church and supporting a political candidate and you've got more than one opinion uh, in the church and they all become very vocal, I think it could uh, probably become confusion no more than what I know only right now. It sounds like it could cause conflict in the church. I appreciate you taking the time to share your thoughts on it. Thank you so much. And thank you. The IRS is officially tasked with investigating suspected violators of the law. Religious discrimination is barred by the U.S. Constitution. Coming up, a special scholarship opportunity for Mississippi students willing to take on a unique pledge. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Today is National College Signing Day across the country, but not the kind of signing you may expect. It's about giving academic achievement the same celebration usually reserved to athletic accomplishment. College-bound Mississippi students can declare their postgraduate plans on social media and compete for a $1,000 scholarship. Heather Morrison of IHL tells us more about the competition's requirements. The requirements for the Pledge of Collegiate competition require a student to post a video or a picture announcing their selection for their post-secondary selection. 
and College Board has set up a, a social media competition, which all of our um, seniors and, of course, most high school students are well aware of how to utilize social media very effectively. And so they utilized Instagram to have this competition. And so students across the nation can post on uh, their website, their Instagram video or picture. Some students are as simple as having a picture with their college t-shirt on. The winners from previous years are pretty elaborate. They have videos uh, announcing where their their college selection. How is the winner selected? They're selected by a team from the College Board organization, and this part of College Board is actually based out of New York. The special thing about this is that College Board has really supported Mississippi's efforts with college access. And so for the first time, they have set aside a single scholarship just for Mississippi. So while this is a national competition, our students in Mississippi can enter and earn a $1,000 scholarship that College Board set aside just for Mississippi. We're the only state that they did this for. And the $5,000 scholarship is a nationwide prize. It is. That's correct. And once they enter, they're entered for both. So they're not just set aside for Mississippi. They could win the grand prize if their entry was, you know, worthy of the grand prize, but they also could win the Mississippi scholarship. What is the competition like for signing day? Signing day is it's not a competition. The Pledger Collegiate Competition is a part of College Board, and they were our partner with IHL in promoting our College Countdown Mississippi campaign, which is a three-part series. And the first part focused on a college application day in the high schools, which was in October. And the second part focused on FAFSA completion days, which FAFSA this year opened in October rather than um, in January. And FAFSA is what? The the federal aid application that students complete for federal aid purposes, but also a lot of institutional scholarships at our universities require students to complete the FAFSA. And the third component of College Countdown is a celebratory piece, which is called Signing Day. We celebrate athletics in Mississippi, but we're not so great about celebrating academics. (laughs) So um, the same type of concept that uh, a student would have with a signing day for athletics, the high schools celebrate their student post-secondary transition. So Signing Days is actually a national initiative from the Reach Higher Initiative, and there is a national signing day, which is May 5th. Now, you, you do, high schools do not have to commit to that day, but typically from May 1st on, you would see some signing day celebrations. Think of it as a pep rally to celebrate your students uh, signing or, or going on to their post-secondary choice. I'll give you an example. Um, the Iberville High School on the coast, they have a teepee set up for their football team to run through for pep rallies. Mm-hmm. And that principal realized, you know, I celebrate my athletics, but some of my students, I'm not celebrating their, their choices. So on her signing day, she has her students that are going on. They run through that teepee just like a, a football player would for a football game. And she also brings in her ninth graders so that her ninth graders can see what does it mean when I graduate from high school to, to move on to my next step. It's very exciting to hear our, our high schools recognizing the importance that not everybody may be in the athletic or do something to that effect, but we still need to recognize and value all of our students for their accomplishments. Back to the competition, can students who are not participating get onto Instagram and see the nominees? Yes, they're, they're posted now. In fact, the competition opened March 15th. And it closes May 15th. How do they find it? If you type in pledge your hashtag collegiate, it should pop up in your okay. your system. And how can people find out more how to enter? The entry competition, all of that is located on the, on the website. Hashtag collegiate. And that's with the college board. It's actually, it's a collaboration among many organizations, college countdown as a whole. 
is the uh, Mississippi Department of Education, the Institutions of Higher Learning, the Mississippi Community College Board, and our nonprofit organizations to get to college. That's great. Heather Morrison, again, is with M-D-E-N-I-H-L. Heather, thank you so much. Thank you very much. You can find more information on College Countdown Mississippi online at collegecountdownms.com. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's the Gestalt Gardener. Then at 10, it's Next Stop Mississippi. And at 11 o'clock, stay tuned for Southern Remedy for Women. Did you miss part of the show today? Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org or by downloading the MPB public media app from the Apple or Google Play stores. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again Monday morning at 830 for the next Mississippi edition. Only on MPB Think Radio.